This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. What is going on, everybody? It is Monday, April 25th. It is NFL Draft Week. We had an NFL Draft Unreasonable Odds podcast for you last week. We are coming back with another one for you this week to uh, hopefully keep you prepared for the occasion um and things have moved quite a bit since we did that last draft podcast which was only recorded whatever four days ago which shows you how this process works but as we sit down on april 25th we're now three days from uh the first day of the nfl draft and we of course come back with yet another guest um john daigle you can find him on twitter at not Jay Daigle, he's you threw one of those curveballs out there on Twitter. Um, you can find him NFL fantasy and handicapping at four for four football and at bet spurts. Um, and I mean, I'm just looking at your Twitter profile, it says you have an Emmy. That's pretty cool, John. As someone who, once he retires, if he retires, wants to go into the forest and just chop wood forever and get away from all of this, uh, being trying to be anonymous and not Jay Daigle in the title whenever I first discovered Twitter in 2011, not the best idea for my career. It may take a little longer to run into the woods now because of that Twitter handle alone. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I it says something, uh, the Twitter, the handle that you wanted was taken. So you settled for settled for something. Else. I settled for the anonymous route. Uh, again, yes. not, not the best suggestion. I would not advise anyone else do that, but it's working for me so far. So yes, everything's going well. As you mentioned, the draft is very crazy. Uh, we know in the next three days, numbers are going to move all over the place. What we discuss right now may get washed out by the time someone sees this, even a couple hours later. So we'll see what we can get down. Uh, I'm confident in a few picks, though, so excited to see where we take this conversation. Our producer, Samir, just slacked me while you were speaking, saying that he has an Emmy, too. So I guess they just give these things out to anybody. So I'm no longer as <laughs> impressed. <laughs> I'm no longer as impressed with the accomplishment. I, I got mine. <laughs> I'm curious where Samir got his. Uh, I got mine because I was on the team working for the Women's World Cup in Paris. Uh, I lived there two months working with Fox Sports, and I got it for highlights. That's where I get Miami. But as with everything, even my college degree, which doesn't matter at all, um, I don't, like, keep anything for myself. I'm not a physical items person. Like, there, mm. there's a history where some people know if they're listening to this from, from my career where I was a nomad. I lived on the road for a full year for my car and hotels. Um, and so, like, all of these possessions and, like, that should be considered rewards, they are just, like, to me so i just hand off to my parents and they put it on their fireplace and mantle and they say oh we're proud of our son where i'm the one that just like is lost writing crazy jack kerouac notes in my journals like that's what i do so yes i do have an emmy but and it is a cool accomplishment but i actually don't keep it on me at all interesting um all right and for the record 
producer Samir, congratulations. His is a regional yes. Emmy, Emmy for a digital series that he did at a TV station in Pittsburgh. That actually takes go. a lot more creativity than what I did. So good on you, Samir. <laughs> All right. Um, now let's get creative with some NFL draft props. Um, I'm the only Emmyless person uh, working on the podcast today, so I'll have to figure out a way to earn mine later. Um, okay, so when we recorded on Thursday, we had Will Brinson and Connor Allen here, and uh, we started at the top of the draft and kind of worked our way down, which meant starting with over under on Aiden Hutchinson and betting on the number one pick. And at the time we gave out on the podcast and I know people have this at better numbers, but we gave out on the podcast Hutchinson over one and a half at plus plus one sixty, and Trayvon Walker to go number one at plus plus one ninety. That's what they were sitting at on Thursday afternoon, uh, April 20th, I guess it was on DraftKings Sportsbook. That kind of goes through the weekend and we wake up on Monday morning as we record this now and some pretty legitimate movement um you want to look at this now on DraftKings Sportsbook Trayvon Walker is minus 160 to go number one Aiden Hutchinson is plus 140 steep drop off to uh Icky the offensive uh lineman from NC State he's now at plus 750 he's been all over the place um this now gives us the four people have been favored to be the number one pick in this draft which is just you know coming off of years where the price on Trevor Lawrence just keeps moving until it's obvious and unbettable. Uh, price on Joe Burrow just keeps moving until it's obvious and unbettable. This is a completely different draft. So, John, I'll just hand it to you. Do you have a stance? Do you have any tickets on the number one pick? Do you agree with the movement? Um, and what do you think about just how open this draft is at the top? I hope I agree with the movement since I got one last big bet on DraftKings Sunday night. I've been betting Trayvon Walker since he was plus 250 for the past two months because it's been very clear in my mind that everything else doesn't make sense. You have to remember you're not thinking of your own analysis of a player. It doesn't matter what I think at all about Trayvon Walker's production or lack thereof in college, exactly. vice versa for Aiden Hutchinson. What we are looking at is the decision makers and who is in on who. And we know for a fact Doug Peterson, an offensive-minded individual, has been on Ikemaquandu this entire time. We know that Trent Baalke has been on Trayvon Walker, and we know everyone who doesn't matter in the organization is in on Aiden Hutchinson. Thus, Hutchinson has not been in my process whatsoever. And now it finally came full steam ahead three days ahead of night one with Trayvon Walker, as you mentioned, minus 160. It'll probably go even higher from there. And so I'm done betting it now. But if you do have some, you know, other spots or with friends who do not think otherwise that Trayvon Walker will not be the number one pick, I support still betting him because, yes, he has always been the number one pick in my mind. Wow. So you've, you've really been on this. Um, yes. And, you know, I, I have some Iquanu, um, and I did get in on, uh, on Walker at, what do I have, plus 200 and plus 300 are the numbers that I have there. So, you know, that's there. I guess what I, what I would say is, so to help the people out that, that, you know, listen to this, and if you get it on Monday, April 25th, it sounds like you are, you, you're pretty set on this and you think this is one that's going to kind of just fly up the board until it's official the rest of the week. So if you're, if you're not in and you're getting in late, like a lot of casual bettors are, and you don't mind laying a minus 160, it, it seems like you still think that's a good spot. Not that you personally would get invested in it because you, you know, you're ahead of the curve here, but for, for casual bettors looking to get involved. Yes. And for the casual better looking to get involved, like, even they're probably not laying minus 160 either, right? Like betting draft props is a dumb thing to do. Uh, like I, we are, we are fortunate enough to know very sharp people who are betting like 
200K on minus 155 baseball lines. That's how you bet, by the way. They aren't looking to move the market on plus 250 and getting maxed out at 50 bucks. They do not care at all. So the casual better, I'm guessing, doesn't care about minus 160. They want the long shot still. And I will say, even though I'm quite certain it's Trayvon Walker, if you want the long shot, don't buy the dip on Aiden Hudson. You buy the dip on Icky because that would be the second place they go. Again, I think... I got him in February at 100 to one. You're not fortunate enough to get him in that number anymore, but I still think that is the much greater chance that happens than Aiden Hutchinson. So I do rank them Walker, Icky Hutchinson in that order at number one overall. I agree with you. Um, And I missed that 100 to one and I was not happy about it, but I got some free play in on 24 to one. So it was uh, like February, like 14. I don't even feel good. It was a long time ago. Yeah. It's one of those stupid long shots. You think, I don't know who any of these players are. I haven't looked at them at all, but you know, maybe. And so I don't feel bad about the number, but I do feel bad about the outright selection. Um, And I love what you said, just in terms of the draft process of um, when you're betting drafts, I think speaking about casual betters, they bet on players that they like or think are good or like, Oh, this guy's Mm -hmm. good. Um, but none of that matters because like you said it's we're betting on what are the decision makers going to decide to do with these picks not if somebody's going to be good i like this guy's going to be good he should go top five not 11 or 12 none of that matters so we're trying to figure out what these nfl decision makers are going to do and um you know when we're thinking about that i think that uh, you know a lot of people have done really well with these exactas top three top five whatever the last few years because we've known so much more and now we don't know that much so I guess I'll ask you what else do you think we know about the top five we can just kind of go pick by pick and talk about it for a minute number two now Aiden Hutchinson on DraftKings Sportsbook is the minus 130 favorite people thinking Walker goes number one uh the Lions a guy they thought maybe they couldn't get now get a local product who's still a very good prospect that'll go in the top three four of this draft um is that the guy that you think goes to two or you know Thibodeau has been a guy that the Lions have been, you know, we've seen getting hyped up at two. Is that still their guy? And now Hutchinson, who we were laying like minus 300 at at one point to be the number one pick, starts to slide down the board. I don't believe the Thibodeau steam at all. I tend to ignore most rumors that happen mm-hmm. in the last week or so of the draft. I don't think they matter whatsoever. And so I'm not buying Kayvon Thibodeau steam at number two. I still think the best way to bet this is Aiden Hutchinson over one and a half. I yep. did sprinkle as well at number two overall because I'm not really considering anyone else there besides him, assuming Walker's number one. But honestly, like if you want to play it that route, over one and a half is the much safer direction, just in case. Covers the so Thibodeau, many more bases. Yeah, just in case Thibodeau number two is real. I don't believe that, though. Uh, not only just being the hometown kid, but also the fact that we know Dan Campbell's personality and the fact that Hutchinson is usually touted for, one, his quote-unquote crazy work ethic in the run game. That matters to Dan Campbell, as yeah. well as the fact that it was Thibodeau who initially at Indies combine had 27 bench reps led his position and that's because Hutchinson didn't lift in Indy Hutchinson then goes to Michigan's pro day and while there is some there's some questions regarding how much the setters hands were on the bench bar yeah to be helping about a little you can bit always look a little bit better at your own school's pro day than yeah. going to another combine. oh it's it's heavily favoring your regards which is why I don't understand why anyone does anything in Indy. Wait till your pro day because you're going to get the help from everyone. But 
Hutchinson's did have one more rep, 28 bench reps, leading all edges in this class. I think strength also matters to Dan Campbell. So I truly believe there's something wrong in the universe if Campbell doesn't pick the guy who fits his personality perfectly in Hutchinson. Tibbs would be the only other option, but again, I'm not actually weighing that too heavily. Yeah, and like throughout this process here, there's so many moving numbers. Tibbs is the worst draft bet that I have. I I wrote an article on him on the DK Playbook taking the over on five and a half. And now he's down to a heavily juiced under on the four and a half. And, you know, stuff like that's going to happen. You're going to have a couple misses when you're getting in early in this process. But more often than not, you're going to get, you know, one that we talked about a lot on Thursday, the Kyle Hamilton over six and a half at plus money. And now he's 10 and a half, 11 and a half um, are the that's type of things I, that you're looking to get. So I actually love that Thibodeau is the one being steamed the most as we get close to the draft because he's the one that's easier to spot the lie like you go back two months and he was a player everyone was saying we was going to dip first personality and by the way i don't even agree with that sentiment uh i believe that nfl decision makers and gms are a bunch of idiots and so the fact they say thibodeau is not dedicated to on the field because they are hard-headed football guys who don't understand that thibodeau is just of the generation that is intelligent right one of the things they actually cite were his off-field concentration like he he's he's obsessed with other things like when they said Kadarius Tony was more obsessed with being a rapper and that could be true but with Thibodeau one of those off-field things is creating a charter school in his hometown in South LA like they are worried that is where his focus is at instead of his NFL career and so uh, even in seeing people like Aaron Donald Sean McVay walk away attempt threaten to walk away at the peak of their powers because they understand they can't do this forever they get their hundreds of millions or tens of millions and get the hell out of the game. Like that's what Thibodeau is very clearly going to do, but that doesn't deter from his focus on the field. Having said that NFL coaches hate the fact he loves other things than football. And we'll talk about them intelligently. So I still believe as we knew two months ago, he's going to dip in the process. And whenever McShay, Kuyper, whoever it is on the broadcast says, wow, I can't believe Thibodeau fell this far. It's like, I can't, we knew the whole time Thibodeau was going to fall. So that's where I'm at with all my bets. All right. Interesting. Um, And an interesting spot in this draft becomes the Texans with number three, because I think a lot of people maybe assume that they take the the third edge rusher that's left over from the the Jags and the Lions potentially. But there's, you know, there's also some maybe they do have their quarterback in Davis Mills. There's also a couple of good offensive linemen potentially there. And even if Icky goes high, you can get a guy like Evan Neal, super polished from Alabama. Or there's the cornerback talk. couple good corners at the top. I think Ahmad Garner, Sauce Garner is a guy that everybody thinks is the best. But now you're getting guys like McShay saying that Derek Stingley's name is, is being thrown around there. A guy that's really rising in this draft process. Um, what say you, John, on Houston at number three? I'm also the belief they're in on cornerback here. Okay. Now, whether that cornerback be Sauce Gardner or Derek Stingley's, do you mention? Not sure. Don't know. We One thing, know for real f- quick, I want to I yeah, throw course. this in there. Do you, another question, I guess, do you think that the Stingley uh, smoke at number three is coming out of Houston because they don't want some, they actually want Gardner, who's considered the best corner in the draft, and they're trying not to get leaped. They're trying not to get leaped for a corner. This is the trading up in this draft. Nobody wants to trade up in this draft. 
This is the great question we're all trying to answer right now because it's going to matter for your exactus. Yes. Uh, and I'm only, I'm only interested genuinely in two exactus. I like to put my research in, make a precise plan, weed out all the information that doesn't matter, which is genuinely 98% of what we take in as humans, and then go from there. And I have two exactas, and one of them start with the first two picks I mentioned, and either I'm flopping the cornerbacks in that exacta between Derek Stingley and Gardner because I don't know. We know for certain one team in the NFL has Stingley over Gardner. It could be others. We know for certain though it's one. And really the only two teams that are linked to potentially having that approach are the Texans and the Seahawks. And so I keep coming back to the idea that the Texans have instituted culture so much of a performance. They have no idea what it is in a good football player, how to build a good team. They believe their culture is correct. And with their culture, it always comes back to character. And so if performance doesn't matter, I think Stingley and Gardner both, by the way, are amazing plays. They're going to get lucky and hit on and get one of them. Um, but honestly, like, even if like George Kalaraftis, if their cornerback wasn't available here, they love Carl Aftis' character so much. I could see him going at number three overall. Fortunately, he's going to be at number 13 for them. But I believe right, as of right now, I'm going to have Stingley in that spot because again, they don't care about Gardner or Stingley. They don't think one is better than the other. They are looking only at character. And so that's where I lean right now. But if it was Gardner, that would not shock me either. All you got to do is look back to everyone cites Lovey Smith's tenure with the Bears and that they never drafted a cornerback because of his scheme. All you have to do is look back at his media conference a couple of weeks ago. He was asked specifically about the cornerbacks room and he legitimately said it needs improvement. Literally just came out and said, these guys suck. We need help here. And so it's going to be a cornerback in my mind. I have Stingley right now. It feels Gardner, not shocking. Interesting. Okay. So set on corner there at, at three. And which- also I'm, and I'm aware of the DraftKings like trifectas and everywhere you get trifectas. Uh, everyone will look at these long shots and perhaps say, yeah, but it's such a long bet. Like, how are you so certain? But remember, these numbers exist for us to bet them. Like, I guarantee you, we, no offense to DraftKings, I love to be DraftKings. But other than that, we know these books are like waiting on news to catch up when we are the ones that are ahead on news. And so I believe we are ahead on cornerback at number three. And that's why I like the trifecta to start with. I like the cornerback at three call. Um, and that means that a edge is going to be slipping a little bit, potentially. Um and obviously, we we both kind of agree that it probably is going to be uh, Tibbs. It, does he slip past four at the Jets? The, the Jets, this is where the draft gets interesting as well, because we have these top three picks, and then four or five is Jets-Giants, both of whom have two top ten picks. So they have such high picks to address these needs. Um, we can lump them together. Like, what do you think the Jets and Giants are thinking at four or five keeping in mind that they're very quickly going to be turning around and taking another huge knee. As it stands, my exactest bets stop at five because I do have confidence in the number four pick. I have no confidence in number five since okay. what I believe is going to happen is the Jets are going to take Ike Aquanu. This past two years has been focused solely on making life easier for Zach Wilson and making his five-year contract easier for the Jets. Doesn't matter whether we believe or whether they believe Zach Wilson's a good player or not. It's the fact that they're already all in and they have a quarterback for cheap for the next five years. That's what's important. So make life easy for those four to five years. You know, you get that option in the first round and then go from there. And so that's all they've been doing. We also had Dane Brugler. It always helps when intelligent people then match by priors. And uh, Dane Brugler on Monday morning mentioned on his podcast 
that there are a lot of people around the league believe Makai Becton won't play another down for the Jets ever again. Remember, Makai Becton injured, did not rehab according to what the team suggested, was out of shape all year, basically didn't play, was then outplayed by George Fant at left tackle. And then, although it is technically voluntary, it wasn't necessarily voluntary, the offseason workouts for Becton, and yet he didn't show. Uh, Joe Douglas is very clearly tired of all of it. And so I do believe they get their replacement, either left tackle or right tackle, Nikki, at this spot, knowing that George Fant, although he really did play amazing, it's going to be up to him to perform well again and earn a long-term deal. They'll probably let him go through this year and then know that if he plays great, wonderful. You got a left tackle for the next three or four years whenever you extend him, and then you have Icky at right tackle. Otherwise, you have your replacement at left tackle if you allow Fant to walk because he commands too much on the market. And so that's the plan right now. Thibodeau, he's being mentioned, but people that are hearing the news aren't listening. They're hearing it. They're not listening. The Jets are intrigued by Thibodeau. They are interested in Icky, which tells you they are certain they want to draft Icky, but maybe they can convince themselves to go Thibodeau. It's going to take a lot of convincing, though. So I'm still of the belief it is very certain Icky here. I have more confidence in this than I do number three, honestly. Really? Okay. Yeah. So, well, let's say let's say that for some reason we see an early curveball and Icky goes one or three. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think the plan is still to address the offensive line first and go with somebody like Neil then at four if you're the Jets? Um, or do you see them? I assume the other need that you're going to say we see at 10 would then become a wide receiver, especially with your theory that help Zach Wilson. What better way to help Zach Wilson than mm-hmm. get two top 10 picks, an offensive lineman and a wide receiver? Um, that seems extremely ideal uh, for that situation. So is, is that two-part question, I guess. Do the Jets still go even if Vicky is gone with an offensive lineman there? And uh, uh, is, is a wide receiver at 10 the obvious obvious follow-up? I, be- I believe since they are only mentioning Thibodeau at number four behind Icky, they would just take the fallback option and grab the edge rusher because edge rusher is a need as well. We do know, though, People are still pinning Gardner there or whomever the cornerback is that falls. We do know they're not going to take a cornerback. Like the Salah defense does not prioritize cornerbacks whatsoever. He believes his scheme can fit any particular player there. They rotate corners. And so they don't need a shutdown option in the slightest. That's an afterthought. And so I just think they stick with one of the two options. Icky, the main priority, and then the fallback being Thibodeau. And then, yes, unless like an Evan Neal falls, look to wide receiver at number 10. Five, as you mentioned, is interesting. Because so the Giants knowingly trialed out Charles Cross at right tackle. And if you look at all the offensive linemen they signed this offseason, it is all guys who move very well because to help out Daniel Jones in the short game, also the short game alleviates pass pressure. And as they're trying to improve an offensive line, that's what's going to help Daniel Jones the most. And so not only do they try out Charles Cross, who is the much more athletic prospect, better to scramble out than Evan Neal, they also, Dable mentioned Cross specifically in his presser, citing that they would be open to moving Andrew Thomas to right tackle if the right player fell. The question, though, isn't if they believe Charles Cross is the right player because they do believe that. The question is when they get to number five and Gardner or Stingley is there, knowing they aren't going to have James Bradbury on the roster in week one, knowing they have uh, other expiring deals at cornerback ahead of 2023, the question is, do they believe they can let one of them fall to the seven and get them? Or do they love cross so much they're going to take them over and kneel? And so that's the question I can't answer. It's really just only three answers there. Cross, kneel, or 
Stingley or Gardner, right. but I, I, I don't know. And then honestly, it becomes <clears throat> at number six, the Panthers would definitely take cross, right? I'm a belief of that. However, the team trading up could also take cross. And so if they let cross fall, they then go Neil or the cornerback at seven. And that's the five, six, seven is where I get lost completely. Yeah. That's an interesting, um, interesting part of the draft because we know what the giants want to do. I feel like, but the question becomes, what can they get away with at five to leave themselves at seven with a team that has a similar need in between there at six? Um, so I, I guess the question becomes, do you believe that they like cross enough to that? If Neil and cross were both there, take the corner because you're guaranteed one's going to fall. One lineman's going to fall to seven, I guess. Which one do you think they prioritize more? Cross is the guy, or it doesn't really matter. Give us the corner and the lineman so we get out with both of our needs. I believe Cross is the guy. I really? think they okay. will tell them. I think they will tell themselves. One, they like Cross much more over Neil, but also that they know they assume no one is trading up to six for a cornerback. People are trading up for one of the leftover linemen and Cross or Neil. I think they get their guy. And then Stingley or Gardner fall to seven, and that's where the cutoff is. That's also why Gardner's number under seven and a half is like the best possible number to bet that's going to get ruined immediately when we get off the show because uh, there's no way he has four outs under seven. There's no way he gets past seven at all. And so the number should be five and a half, honestly. So this is, sorry, this is cross that we're talking about right now. Well, this, this is the Gardner number that should be five and a half. It's actually seven and a half. It's a bad number. Um, but oh, I believe Gardner they number. do. Sorry, I thought you said Gardner number. But yeah, because I think Gardner falls to seven. And that's why seven and a half over under is a bad number. Because like, of course, he's going to go under seven. Of course he will. He's not getting past that. And so it should be five and a half to make better sweat. Whether the Giants take him with the first pick, their first pick. Because the second pick isn't, isn't actually a question mark at all. And so- right. And so, yes, I do think they prioritize cross the proven tackle over an interior player like Neil at number five. But again, if they take a cornerback, wouldn't be shocking at all. So it seems like with cross still sitting here with the seven and a half number and the Giants having two picks under there and the Panthers uh, that cross under seven and a half is about as strong of a play that could be left on the board for, for a draft like this in your mind that is a very solid bet. Yes. Okay. Um, all right. So we've kind of been chopping it up position by position and really covered essentially eight of the eight of the top 10 picks. I'm, we don't need to go to like eight and nine. What do the Falcons and Seahawks do specifically? Because now we're getting to too many outcomes that we're guessing on that we're, we're already too far down the draft board. But um, for us to finish up, I, I do want to go to some just draft positions on DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, and talk a few over-unders before we, before we go. And I want to go – I want to start with the quarterback position because we've seen quarterbacks just flying off the boards in these really talented and highly sought-after draft classes these last couple of years. Um, and now it's the complete opposite. Uh, basically, everybody's – a lot of people have said, you know, the five quarterbacks that went in the top 15 last year would, uh, would all go before – you know, one quarterback in this draft went off the board, um, which I think all of us agree with. So scrolling down the board real quick, they're juiced, but like a minus 145 on Kenny Pickett to go over 12 and a half is, uh, is sitting there. Let's see, Malik Willis is a minus 130 for over 10 and a half. 
Matt Corral is sitting there. Basically, will he be a first rounder or not? Almost over under 33 and a half on DraftKings Sportsbook. And let's see, has uh has Ritter moved around much at all? I think he might have gone up from 28 and a half to 30 on DraftKings. Is he even here? With while you look while you look for it with Pickett and Willis, I would gladly take Pickett over still. I think the earliest he goes is 19 to the Saints ahead of the Steelers. Uh, Willis, the only curveball is six. If the Panthers are linked right. to a quarterback, they are linked to a traits quarterback, and Pickett doesn't have those traits. Um, ben McAdoo would very much be a Willis individual over Pickett. And because remember, McAdoo, like as much as we make fun of him, I swear to you, people are going to laugh at me now. I swear to you, he is a bright football mind. Uh, he wanted to move up Patrick Mahomes. John Morris said no. He wanted to move up for Josh Allen. John Morris said no. Because, of course, Eli Manning was there, and the Giants prefer silver spoons and handshakes to actually good football in that regime anyways. And so also the fact that McAdoo re- led the league in 11 personnel before it was popular, before it was known. Sean McVay then came and was a smarter play caller, led the league in 11 personnel. Everyone freaked out, thought it was such a very big deal. McAdoo was there first. And so Malik Wills is the type of quarterback. If he has a say in the room, I bet that's a pick. But I still believe it's going to be tackle overall else because Tepper will have the final say. So okay. I'm, I, I mean, over, I'm, I'm not as confident in because there is an out there. Pick it. There is no out under 12. Okay, so we'll say that Pickett over 12 and a half, the better bet there, and you're paying the juice for it. It's minus 145. Um, I'll say I've I've bet some Willis over over 10 and a half, and I got it when it was Mm -hmm. plus 105. So, like, it's it's a good bet still, honestly. Like I said, one team, literally just one team. No one's trading up for Willis. One team would have to go throw a curveball. So, you don't see, so Willis doesn't, no chance Willis goes nine to the Seahawks or eight to the Falcons, both of whom need a quarterback, but. I have tons of other needs with much better players on the board. It seems like. I think I think the Seahawks have Ritter over Willis. That's the wow. real curveball. Uh, that's why Ritter, like I took, I sprinkled on him, number one quarterback, first mm-hmm. quarterback taken in the draft, because I think Ritter is higher on his board from like if you read Michael Dugar of the Athletics and others. Yeah, and also by the way, you're never gonna. We all know we're not gonna get the top ten right because the Seahawks are absolutely throwing a curveball. Like um, Nicobe Dean, the linebacker, his over under dropped at DraftKings like 29 and a half, 30 and a half, and yep. like the Seahawks could take up at nine. They don't care at all about good football players. They're going to build on their foundation, and so like whoever they pick, it's going to screw up mock drafts. We know that yeah. for certain. All right. Um, yeah, this just seems like one of those drafts where the first quarterback, whoever it is, is going to go pretty late. Late teens could be 20. And I wouldn't be shocked by any of it, honestly. Even if it's like Hal at 32, the Lions are supposedly looking at Hal on day two. They, of course, pick at 34, I believe. Um, They got the late day day one pick and er, follow it up with the early day two pick. But if it it gets to 32, you get the fifth-year option in the first round. So why wouldn't they just pull the trigger there instead of waiting until day two, especially if, like, the safeties who I, they're also reportedly high on Lewis seen Dax Hill, especially if those guys get taken somehow before them, of course they would take Hal. So that's kind of what I'm looking at right now. Yeah. The quarterback market is, it's going to be wild and whether they all fall or all get taken, nothing should shock us. Interesting. Um, all right. Let's look at a couple other guys here. Um, Here's a guy that we've like given out along the way. And I admitted on the Thursday podcast, I have Kyle Hamilton over six and a half at plus money. 
some over eight and a half. He's now at 10 and a half with a minus 175 to the over. So like, I'm not saying you need to go out and bet this, but do you think there's any chance he goes to anyone before Washington at 11? The we're talking about Kyle Hamilton, correct? Kyle Hamilton, Notre Dame uh, safety. The Falcons would be the only one, but also. And if the they, Falcons with the needs that they have use a top 10 pick on a safety, that would be something. Uh, well, remember, it's not the same regime, but they also drafted AJ Terrell and uh, AJ Terrell is an awesome. He's a shutdown corner, but mm-hmm. think how bad their defense has been around him. It doesn't matter at all that they drafted AJ Terrell. They passed on CD Lamb for AJ Terrell and literally Terrell has arguably been a better player than Lamb at their respective positions. And it hasn't mattered, has not impacted the defense whatsoever. And so we know Dean Peace is very high on versatile safeties. That's what Kyle Hampton brings to the table. Having said that, I still believe they're going to be on wide receiver or of a player, I think they're planning on taking these positions because they don't expect someone they have higher on their board to fall. That's why I think Thibodeau is really interesting because he could easily fall to eight. And then they're like, they look around and ask, how did this happen? It's like, well, because no one else wanted him. That's why they're concerned. Whereas you should not be concerned for a team that needs everything, especially if you can get premier pass production uh, for at least four years, five years too. So I, I think they go Thibodeau, but Beyond that, Drake London, an option. I don't have Kyle Hampson really as a threat. Okay. Um, and let's let's wrap, I guess, on the over-unders with, with this. You mentioned the wide receiver position. Atlanta is obviously a potential suitor. There are a lot of teams that need wide receivers in this draft. There are a lot of good wide receivers in this draft, it seems. Maybe one of the stronger positions in this draft. Um and then there's the argument also when you see like an MVS contract this offseason that getting these good wide receivers on these rookie contracts is a is a big deal. Um, what is your what is your thoughts on the wide receiver position here? Some of the guys on the board, pretty much everybody getting bet down, you know, any value on some of those over unders that you still like um, any strong takeaways on the wide receiver position overall, I guess. The first wide receiver starts at number five. That's where we're monitoring because it could be Giants knowing they're trying to trade Kadarius Tony. Although, as we talked about, I don't expect it to be. Giants could also are rumored to be trying to trade one of their first two picks for more draft capital since they had to cut everyone from the Judge and Gettleman era and just had to start a whole new team, um, obviously, because it's Judge and Gettleman. And so I think we look at the Saints to potentially trade up to number five, knowing. Joe Schoen's ties with the Saints organization. I think a deal can be done there, but the Saints are so high on Chris Olave, and that's why Chris Olave's number at 16 and a half, I still believe it's at DraftKings, is very good despite the juice because there is no chance in hell Olave gets past 16. Uh, the Saints have him over other players like Garrett Wilson as well. Like They love Olave. His speed does not get past them. So 16 and a half, still, still a safe bet. Drake London, likely 8-10 or floor at 11. So we're not worried about that either. Jameson Williams, we still expect to be a top 10. Also a player teams could trade into the top 10 for. Either way, in my opinion, does not get past the Vikings at 12. Knowing it's a new regime, uh, they could easily look to expand their three wide receiver set. And also remember, they restructured Adam Thielen's deal. So it's basically only good for one more year. And then they will probably look to void the deal and then find a replacement that could be as early as 12 this year. So that's where we start with wide receivers. And then from then, it's just a it's a major question mark. We could see trail on Burks to the Eagles with their second pick. We could see beyond a lobby and Burks uh, Pickens, the one I have removed from the first round, because once mm-hmm. Bob McGann sent out his piece 
interviewing execs and coaches seems like he's the one coaches. That's the biggest discrepancy between actual football minds and then us on Twitter is that coaches hate George Pickens. They just think he's either boom or bust. And when you're talking boom or bust in the first round, it's not worth taking on that risk. So he drops out. That's- we then move in Dotson. We move in a player like Christian Watson as well. Although yeah. despite what Twitter, what we think about Christian Watson, just because he played 52 career games all against FCS competition, has not played anyone. And to still, despite that, had a 13% drop rate. Um, the fact he's fast and big, that's all the Chiefs care about, which is why he keeps sneaking into the back end of the first round. And so I think we have the names pretty much sorted it out, especially once we remove Pickens from that mix. But which order they go in, complete toss-up. Who the hell knows? And so that's why I get less certain whenever we're discussing where they go from 19 on. Right. I think Jay, I think the two most interesting there, Jamison Williams for starters, who's maybe the biggest riser, and it was the ACL, the ACL, but he's doing fine so now we're now we're seeing that that steam come in on him and that number get lower and lower and lower um i i think we're going to wind up seeing him go in the top 10 somewhere i uh, personally yeah 10 10 and 11 are going to be huge because i i believe the falcons and washington both have drake london over garrett wilson and then we also know jameson williams mixes in as the exact type of player the jets want and so like 8 10 11 whether Thibodeau's there or not, are going to decide a whole lot for the rest of the teams beyond that. Okay. Um, and then, oh, and then Pickens real quick. That His number tells you everything, I feel like. That 36 and a half, I think, is the last I looked at it. Um, it just, t- like, they don't want to use that first-round pick on him, but then the number's right there because he looks like an early second round, an early day two guy because of the talent. Um, all right, so... We will get you out of here on on this. Um, I did it to Will and Connor on on Thursday. Mm-hmm. I just said at this stage, and I'll say it is 1.42 p.m. E, uh, Eastern time on Monday, April 25th. If you had to give out your favorite bet that is still on the board for the NFL draft, what would you say that is, John? No one's coming here for Aiden Hudson plus 110 over one and a half. They don't care. They want to pretend like they retire off one bet. And so uh, I will tell you, like I already said, I, I personally am putting my money into the exacta of Trayvon Walker, Aiden Hutchinson, Derek Stingley, and Icky Aquano. And that's where I stand. Boom. All right. Coming in, swinging for the fences, giving out a grand slam as the best bet. Knowing that and if it doesn't people... go in that four, uh, I'm going to be looking for another job because I'll, I'll be living <laughs> under a bridge and can't record from anywhere. <laughs> All right, there it is. Um, John Daigle coming on, giving his best bet from 4 for 4 football um, and bet spurts. Um, has an Emmy, but doesn't physically have it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much, John, for coming on Unreasonable Odds and, uh, and spewing some draft knowledge for us. And of course, good luck on Thursday night and through the rest of the weekend because the bets go through the rest of the weekend a lot of the time too. And keep up the great work, Julian. Love your content. All right, thanks a lot, man. Appreciate you. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.